right? I'm either going to make a lot of friends or you're going to hate me in the next second. I, I really don't like knock-knock jokes, but this one has to happen. So knock-knock. Israeli. Israeli, great to see you all here. <laughs> I know. It's terrible. And in transition, we're going to start right off and talk about the Israelites. So let's go to that scripture. <laughs> Isn't that bad? <laughs> it had to happen. All right. When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their town, all the people assembled as one man in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra the scribe to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak until noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the man, men, women, and others who could understand. Kind of wonder who that is. I think children, pets, we'll see. Anyway, uh, and all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, This day is sacred to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Israelites were completely overwhelmed. They had finally returned to Jerusalem after years of captivity and found it destroyed. They worked so hard and rebuilt the wall despite persecution, gathered corporately to hear the reading of the law, and found themselves overwhelmed with grief and were weeping because they realized just how far they had strayed. In Mark it says, They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed, if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Once more he went away, and he prayed the same thing. Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but you will. When he came back, he found them sleeping again because their eyes were heavy. They didn't know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Jesus was overwhelmed. He had gone to the Garden of Gethsemane. It was nighttime. He was alone. His closest friends kept falling asleep and weren't there for him. He knew what was about to happen. He knew that he would be betrayed, beaten, crucified, pay the punishment for the entire world's sins. 
Jesus was so overwhelmed with all that he was about to go through that he was actually sweating drops of blood. He cried desperately to his Abba Father, everything is possible for you, take this cup from me. He was pleading with his father on the most intimate level. He was begging for a different plan three times. He was agonizing over what was about to happen to him, but then finally he submitted to the father's will and he gave up his own. You may be overwhelmed. There might be a situation in your life right now that is more than you can handle. It may be your marriage, it could be your finances, it could be your family, it could be your job, it could be your kids, it could be your parents. <laughs> um, it could be um, your health, you're too busy, you're not busy enough, you're super lonely, uh, your spouse is aging, all your friends are going. <laughs> you don't know what to think or what to do. It possesses your thoughts. It pushes you down. It paralyzes you from knowing what to think or what to do. It is too much. It's constantly on your mind, and you are exhausted. You want a way out. You want a solution, some kind of relief. And what does God want you to do? How are you going to get through this? I have great news. The Bible tells us what to do. The key to overcoming and getting through whatever it is that is overwhelming us. It's not fasting. It's not working harder. It is actually the exact opposite of how you are feeling. And it's exactly what we need. The answer is joy. And every one of us needs it. Back to the Israelites. They were weeping and completely discouraged. This is when Nehemiah instructs them to go and have a party. Nehemiah 8, 9, and 12 says, Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. This day is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food, and to celebrate with great joy, because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. Now imagine yourselves sitting with the Israelites. Now think of whatever it is that's overwhelming you right now, and hear Nehemiah, and he says to you, go out to your favorite restaurant and celebrate, because right now, this moment of your life is sacred. It is set apart, it is holy, and it is set apart for the Lord. And instead of being overwhelmed, we get to realize that the joy of the Lord is the power that will get you through to conquer this problem. That sounds completely crazy. <laughs> you may be far from feeling happy, and you have no energy to conjure up such an emotion. But that is just it. Happiness and joy are often confused. Happiness is an emotion. It can come and go. And it is extremely unreliable. But joy, joy can, happiness cannot bring you joy, but joy can bring you happiness. It is a power that can strengthen us to endure any and all situations, no matter how big no matter how out of your control, and no, no matter how horrible and over your head it is. It is the power that gave Jesus the strength to endure the cross. And so here's how Jesus did it. In Hebrews, it says, Let us throw off everything that hinders us, and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, 
and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. What is this joy that was set before Jesus that was so great that it gave him the strength and the power to endure the cross? It was the joy that he would conquer sin and death for you. For you, Tasha. For you, Sam. For you, Brian. For you, Brandy and Lance. For me, Betsy. For all of us. We are the joy set before Jesus. Our salvation from our problems. And then he got to go, after he conquered death, his other joy is to sit in glory next to the Father forever. This joy gave him the power and the strength to overcome. So, what is this joy? Galatians lists it as the second fruit of the Spirit. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is joy, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Fruit is the evidence of the plant that it comes from. You see in a tree and it has an apple on it, it's an apple tree. You see in a pineapple, pineapple tree. It's very, very simple. Um, it is one of the easiest ways to identify its source. So, how do we get this fruit of the spirit of joy? Jesus tells us in John, John 15, four through five says, he says to us, remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So I'm gonna let you cheat and look at the verse. But according to Jesus, who is the source of us getting, of us getting the fruit of the Spirit? Anybody can say it. I'll ask again. Who is the source of getting the fruit of the spirit of joy? Jesus, huh? Jesus. Good. It's a Sunday school answer. It's the second one. God, Bible, Jesus. So, um, <laughs> and how much fruit of joy will we produce? Much. That's right. Some Bibles say abundant. And how much can we do apart from him? Pretty absolute there. <laughs> Nothing. John 15, 7 through 11 says, this is Jesus saying, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Can you imagine that? Jesus loves us the same way that God loves Jesus. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Why does Jesus want, um, why does Jesus want us to get this? Because he knows what you're going through. He knows what it's gonna take for you to get through, and he wants to give you his glory. He wants to give you his joy, the same joy that gave him the power and the strength to overcome the cross. 
He says, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. He's not talking half or some, but he's talking full. And if we are full of Jesus's joy, there is absolutely no room for anything else. Now consider the thing that is overwhelming you. The thing that you need strength for and the thing that is way over your head. How can you get the joy of the Lord to be your strength? One way to do it is to celebrate now. You may feel overwhelmed, but Jesus isn't surprised by what you're going through. He is your savior. He has a game plan for your victory, and you can have confidence in this. You have the joy set before you that Jesus has, is conquering your situation, and you can rejoice before it even comes. And how can we do this? Well, okay, one of the ways to do this is through worship. Philippians 4, 4 through 6 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. How often are we supposed to rejoice in the Lord? Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. That is like the awesomest news that the Lord is near. You are not alone. He is always with you. Be anxious for nothing. Again, an absolute nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, this is bigger than we can understand, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> there was a time that Brian and I were completely overwhelmed. I mean, not just once, but like <laughs> this one was, it was, you're dizzy with overwhelmness. It's a big word. Um, we were driving from Michigan down to Tennessee. Uh, we were returning to uh, school for the fall. And around Lexington, Kentucky, our car caught on fire. So <laughs> it, was, it was pretty shocking. Flames um, pulled over, it was gone. And uh, so anyway, these very, it, everything was very surreal. These people took us to a hotel in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, there were bullet holes on the sign and it said, no concealed weapons beyond this point. And, um, so, and this is before cell phones, so we didn't have a phone. We're in the middle of Lexington. Um, our car caught on fire, and uh, so we're pretty stuck. We had to walk down the street to the gas station. Remember um, phone cards? You'd have to call on pay phones. Um, some of you guys under maybe 20 don't know, but it's good. Um, anyway, so we're sitting there in our hotel room with our dog, my purse, and Brian's guitar, and um, we're kind of numb. Like, how are we? What are we gonna do? So it might have been antagonistic, but Brian wrote a song um, called Don't Worry About Tomorrow, for each day has enough trouble of its own. It's a bit of a country song, but he, he turned that situation into a worship. And actually that song has helped people in many ways of just like, <laughs> I don't even know, <laughs> you know? There's a song that I sing a lot, and I'm not gonna sing it to you because I love you, but it's good to me, I'll tell you the words. Um, I learned it when I was a little girl, and every time, every single time, you guys, I am like beyond, like, I don't even know. I don't even know. And the Holy Spirit's like, sing your song, Bets. And um, the words are, I cast all my cares upon you. I lay all of my burdens down at, my, at your feet, and any time I don't know what to do, 
I will cast all my cares upon you. And the whole time I'm freaking out and I'm scared and I'm doing it because he told me to and I'm not feeling it, but I know in my head, in the back of my mind, it's gonna work and every single time. He comes up with something that was way beyond what I thought was gonna happen and every time, every time, he does it. And it's, it's not due to me, it's just, he tells me to worship him. And I'm like, okay, I, I don't feel it, but I'm gonna do it. And, and it's like he's, he's saying, what you're gonna feel right now, just start practicing it now. Go out and celebrate, go out to eat and celebrate. I mean, that's crazy. Have a party now because you know that the joy set before you that you might not be able to see, it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. And so we can worship. You don't, and come up with your own way of worship. Some of you are not singers. You need to be quiet, or you need to read a book, or you need to, I don't know, be in creation, or be around people. Um, but God knows what it is, and he accepts your worship because you're his child, and he made you that way. And he loves you. Another way is we are to abide in Jesus because he abides in you. When you are overwhelmed with Jesus, you can't be overwhelmed with your problem. He doesn't share. <laughs> we have a jealous God. He does not share. And so he won't, he won't share room with anything else. So be, abide in Jesus. And how do we do that? You just talk to him. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When you realize that Jesus is already in you, not just in your heart, but he's also in your head. He, he knows everything that you're thinking anyway. He knows what you're hoping. He's ho he knows what you're wondering. He knows what you're concerned about. You don't have to hide things from Jesus. He knows everything. So when you realize his presence in your thoughts, then you think with him and then you're praying without ceasing it's not something where you got to lock yourself away for three hours some people can i i can't but i realize that jesus is in my brain and he wants to think with us and so we are abiding in jesus and he's abiding in us and when you pray without ceasing when you think pray your thoughts are in tune with his Another essential thing is to realize that the joy of, this, of the Spirit is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's not of you. This means that it's not a skill that you can develop or a discipline that you have to master on your own. It is one of the things that happens when you're connected with the Holy Spirit, allowing Him to guide you and to be your source. It's the evidence of your relationship with Him. It shows who you're connected to. How do you do that? And you just have to ask for it. Matthew 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. You will be amazed at how the Holy Spirit answers this prayer for you. Your joy fruit will be abundant, and you will find yourself overwhelmed with Jesus. Um, simple example is um, I'm mom and my kids lose stuff, but they think I know where it is. So, <laughs> um, so I've learned to pray, Holy Spirit, you know where it is, because I don't. And I'm telling you 90% of the time, within a minute, it's there. 
And it, it wasn't there before necessarily, or I totally overlooked it, but it's one of those things where it's like the Holy Spirit cares where my kid's shoe is and we're five minutes late. He knows where that stupid toy is. <laughs> you, you know, he knows because he cares about me. He knows that um, I'm a mom and he knows that, he knows my kid needs whatever it is that they lost or I lose something or whatever. I'm at work. This has happened so many times. Holy Spirit, I don't know how to do this but you do, so please show me. And he does, he does. He cares about us. We just have to ask for things because he wants to give it to us. And so it's, it's so simple, but the cool thing is that every time he gives me joy out of that because I'm like, you do care about this, this little tiddly thing. He cares. And can you imagine, he's training us up for the bigger things. Of Holy Spirit, I'm completely overwhelmed and I don't know what to do. And I know you're gonna help me with this. I know that you are the joy set before me and I'm gonna get it through it because I know, I know, because I asked. So because of this, we can be powerful. Jesus lives in you. And if he lives in you, the Holy Spirit um, has been given to us to give us the same power of joy that gave Jesus the victory over the cross. And there is nothing that you and I can't overcome. We've never been challenged with the cross. And if we get Jesus over that, then whatever it is, no matter how huge it is for us, we have the power to endure it. And what's one of the ways that we can do that? It's a crazy thing, we can laugh. Proverbs 31 talks about the wife of noble character, and that's like, she's awesome. But she's an example to us. And in 3125, it says, strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the future. That is the joy set before us in such a way that we can laugh at whatever it is that's going to come our way. It's the most confident thing is when you can laugh at whatever that is. And you can know that you have the power of Jesus's joy through your connection with the Holy Spirit, the salvation of Jesus Christ, and you can have the confidence to laugh. So to bring it all together, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And an easy way to remember it is joy. Jesus overwhelms you. Lord, I thank you so much. Thank you so much. You have conquered everything for us, even things that we haven't gotten to yet. You have already conquered and won the victory, and we get, to, we get to walk through that with you. And so, Holy Spirit, I just ask you to help us as we are pursuing this joy, this strength, this power that comes from you, that you want us to have, and that you want us to have in abundance. Allow us to over. Allow us to let you overwhelm us so that we can, we can have much fruit, so that we can enjoy the joy of our salvation now, and so that we can overcome every obstacle, every problem through your power and for the joy of your salvation. We love you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen.